But most of the identities we have are not constructed consciously. They're done haphazardly by very poor programmers. Our parents, our teachers, our broke uncle tell us we'll never amount to much. Your pizza face, your ugly, stupid, short, too tall, not lovable. And we develop these and we take them on and we believe that that's who we are. Your inner voice has been drowned out by the noise around you, but you've always had a deep desire to make a difference. And now you're ready to step into your greatness and develop the identity you need to build towards your ultimate goal. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon Podcast. Making the world a better place by unleashing human potential will help you create your own reality by increasing your self-awareness, cultivating an unstoppable mindset, and finally finding the passion, purpose, and true self so that you can live the life you are always destined to live. Now, welcome your host, a lifelong learner and growth mindset savant, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Tibor Notch. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My guest today is Rock Thomas, the world's number one whole life success expert, best-selling author, and the host of the I Am Movement podcast. From farm boy to real estate and business guru, mentor, and self-made millionaire, Rock has studied one-on-one with the world's best teachers, Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, Wayne Dyer, and more on his mission to inspire others to create their best life on their terms. His Goldcast video alone was viewed by over 100 million people. Using tools and strategies that are proven, Rock now teaches people how to create financial freedom by leveraging their purpose and passions to live not just a successful life, but a fulfilled one. As the founder of the I Am Movement, he is known as the man who redefines lives. At the beginning of today's conversation, we talk about Rock's super inspiring personal story and entrepreneurial journey, how he hit rock bottom in his life at the age of 30, and how transforming his identity helped him become vitally successful in life and business. In the middle of the episode, we dive deeper into identity and confidence. We deconstruct how identity is built and how your story around your identity can be reframed so that you can live a better life and achieve more. Closer to the end of today's episode, we tap into the importance of curiosity and Rock talks about his focuses and current services with his business. On top of all that, in the end, Rock recommends a super amazing book to the listeners and reveals his future vision. If you want to find out more about today's guest and check out the free resources, book recommendations, and detailed show notes, simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast that's again mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast you can also use the search bar on our website where you can simply type in rock thomas to find the episode's show notes page and so mindset nation without any further ado let's welcome today's guest hi rock and welcome to the mindset horizon podcast hey i'm jazzed to be here Awesome. So good to have you on the show. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. And, you know, I am honored. I am excited. (laughs) (laughs) I am grateful. And um, we're going to dive deeper into this because you're the founder of the I Am Movement and the host of the I Am Movement podcast. And from a farm boy, you've become a real estate and business guru, mentor and self-made millionaire. So, and you started one-on-one with the world's best teachers. Uh, Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, Dr. Wayne Dyer. So it's just unbelievable. And I'm so grateful for 
having you on the show. And I want to start with your story because it was just such a huge inspiration to me when I watched your video on Goalcast, amongst, of course, other videos. But your story was just like, it has to be my morning routine video to inspire me or something like that. So I, I really want the listeners to listen to your story because it's a, it's a great inspiration. So, yeah. Well, you know, for me, it was obviously when it's happening, I didn't know that it was going to turn into an inspirational story for myself or others. But the, yeah. the reality was when you do things that are difficult in life, life becomes easier. And I grew up on a farm and I got to do lots of things that, you know, I didn't want to do. And I'd say, this is difficult or I don't know how. And my father traditionally would send me back out there and say, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. And it forced my brain to look for resources that I didn't see easily. And I would use a stick instead of a hammer. And I would use uh, a rope instead of barbed wire. And you became, I became really quite ingenious in the sense I was capable of, of believing I could always find a way, even though the traditional resources weren't there. And this led over into my, my entrepreneurial life. And then eventually it, it led into coaching. And, and I think we all have assets as we're growing up. We just maybe don't utilize them. It's called like, oh, that person's got so much potential, but they don't live into it. My potential got called often because I would put myself into the arena that demanded that it come out. And I think that's what I call work, work ethic and passionate curiosity. When you have a good work ethic, you're willing to access courage and continue to jump into different arenas, then you're going to have either a learning or you're going to have success. And today I have 35 streams of income and I've done that mm -hmm. because I keep on, you know, pushing past the comfort zone. And, and that's been a gift that I got from my childhood. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing. And I heard you talk about curiosity and work ethic. So, and when I heard you talk about this work ethic, um, I was wondering, is it something that someone can develop? Obviously, I think you develop this through this journey. And um, I think it's an important thing as well. So what would you say to people if they, you know, lack maybe work ethic? Yeah, I don't think people lack work ethic. They lack uh, the ability to visualize an epic life. A lot of people are living and running or run their life through their amygdala. That's the part of your brain that sorts negativity to the top in order to keep you alive and safe. Successful people reshuffle the deck and they bring back their past successes and they use that as a confidence booster for tomorrow's behavior. And the difference for most people is that if you don't consciously have the practice of gratitude, visualization, talking about the things that you want, surrounding yourself by people or a community that are going to encourage you to go for your dreams, then it's very common for a lot of people to get caught in being pessimistic, bitter, negative, fearful, and Therefore, they don't have a good work ethic. If you think you're going to fail, you're not going to go out and do something, open a business. No, I think I'm going to fail. I don't, I'm not good with people. I'm not good with numbers. So the process of evolution starts with a vision. It mm -hmm. draws up the limiting thoughts that any person will have in any situation. And then through personal development, we knock those limiting beliefs out, which continues momentum and, and pushes people forward. And that's what we do in our coaching and mastermind groups. Wow, that's incredible. So can we get back to your story a little bit? Because as far as I know, 
at the age of 30, you hit rock bottom and you basically then rebuilt your life and then you got into real estate. So would you just share a couple of uh, stories from that part of your life? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up on a farm and I wasn't paid much. And by the time I was 17 going to college, my dad started charging me rent at home. And I realized that mm. I could make more money and move out and have more money left over. So I moved out, got a job at McDonald's, um, drove a taxi, did some modeling, did a bunch of different things, basically anything that required a lot of hours of work because I was programmed yeah. to work hard growing up on a farm. And I acquired three properties. I had a, uh, a uh, senior citizen home. Uh, I had a couple of rental properties. And I was just starting in real estate when my father got incredibly ill. And, um, mm. and I decided to take care of him. He was in Australia. And by the time I came back, my day job, which was that running a flight, the flight attendant department for a Canadian airline, um, they laid me off. I got bitter and angry. I fought them. I sued them. I lost a lot of money. I didn't wow. take care of my relationship. I, I started to you know, feel sorry for myself and not take care of my body. And then my dad passed and it all kind of unraveled. And I ended up back on you know, a place any good young 30-year-old man will end up is on the couch at his mom's house. <laughs> mm, wow. So, um, and yeah. then I got into real estate in earnest and I found a mentor that helped me. And that's really what changed it for me is, is I've had four or five really key mentors in my life that, that influenced me to a high degree. And, and this guy helped me in real estate and it wasn't long before I became the number one real estate agent in, uh, in that area and, and then bought the company and dominated. So it's really about, you know, that work ethic and that curiosity and then finding people that have the success you want and letting them guide you because people want to do that. Yeah, it's it's so amazing. So I usually talk about curiosity as well. So just to share with you, I used to work as an architect. I am 30 years old now. So <laughs> it's uh, interesting. And um, I followed my curiosity, I would say. Um, that's why I landed here. And the first time I came across your work was through Mindvalley. So I have been part of that community, attended Mindvalley universities. And so, yeah, this, this curiosity led me to where I am today, basically. And it's, it's just such a, such a, a powerful concept. And you founded then I am movement and, you know, Identity is one of my favorite topics. So obviously we talk a lot about mindset on the podcast, but as I thought about this, identity is really something that rules our behaviors and actions and all these things and beliefs and identity is very much connected. And so I really want to dive deeper into this topic with you today. And my first question would be, you know, why should people care about identity? Why identity is important? Yeah, it's the core of my work. So my brothers and sisters gave me an identity called pizza face. They wanted me to feel ugly because I had acne and kids do that to feel better about themselves. They put somebody else down. The problem with that is I repeated that for the next 15 years to myself. Every time I looked in the mirror, I saw an ugly identity. And there's this thing that we all have as humans where we want to remain consistent with how we see ourselves and how we think other people see us. If we think that we're kind and caring, we're not going to, you know, kick the cat out the front door when it throws up. We're going to place it gently. We're going to behave in a way that's congruent with our identity. 
But most of the identities we have are not constructed consciously. They're done haphazardly by very poor programmers. Our parents, our teachers, our broke uncle tell us we'll never amount to much. Your pizza face, your ugly, stupid, short, too tall, not lovable. And we develop these and we take them on and we believe that that's who we are. And I did that. Mm. thought I was a skinny, bone dog, pizza face, useless, not good enough, never amount to much, always last, always undeserving, youngest of seven children. And I took all that on until I met a programmer in my late 20s, early 30s that helped me transform the way I saw myself. And in my first book that I wrote in 2006 called The Power of Your Identity, I walk people through the process of doing that. And it's a simple five-step process, but it, you know, it looks a little bit like writing down the best parts that you see of yourself and the worst parts, and then upgrading the worst parts. So I went from pizza face to ruggedly handsome. I went from working hard to working smart. I went from dyslexic and can't spell to author. Notice I didn't go to best writing author because I didn't feel congruently like a best writing author, mm. but I did allow myself to become a best selling author. Distinction, but it made a difference in how I felt about it. And that's the process I teach is that the label that life or somebody or you repeated that was suggested to you doesn't need to be your label forever. You can switch it, upgrade it, change it if you have a work ethic and a level of curiosity. That's amazing. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. I, you know, I'm a huge believer of this concept that, uh, so identity rules, I think I mentioned that, your behaviors and all these things. And so I was always wondering, and also your belief systems, right? So I was always wondering, like, who am I, right? Mm -hmm. What defines who am I? Because we talk about how to re redefine your identity. So what defines an identity or a person's identity? Is it past experiences, you know, labeling? Yeah, it's a bit of both. So it changes as you grow. But let's say that, I don't know, you're four years old and you're not eating your broccoli. And then dad says to you, hey, you eat your broccoli and then we're going to have a big ice cream cone together down at the ice cream shop down the street. And you're thinking, hmm, that's great. And you eat your broccoli and the dad says, oh, you're such a good boy. You eat your broccoli. Now let's go get an ice cream. You eat the ice cream, it's fantastic. And your brain starts to look for ways to behave that are going to be pleasurable. And it goes, well, when you eat your broccoli, first of all, dad's happy and you want dad to be happy. And second of all, you get this really good blob of sugar, which really tastes good. And so <laughs> being a good boy is worth it on this planet. So next time you're not tying your shoes and your sister and you are trying to rush out to school and your dad's like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Be a good boy and tie your shoes now and listen to daddy. You go, huh? And your unconscious mind goes, remember, good boys get rewarded. We want to be a good boy. And maybe for the rest of your life, you be a good boy. But that means that you don't have proper boundaries around being abused by other people and you get taken advantage of and people push you around. Mm. So it's really about looking at where the label came from, why you, you embraced it, and then start mm -hmm. to search for new evidence. So let's say you're not a millionaire yet, but you want to become a millionaire and you have a limiting belief that you're not really very good with money. 
well, you can't just go, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, sit there and pray and have a, you know, bags of money fall in your lap. But what you can do is you can say, you know what, every day in every way, I'm more open to being a better student, student and steward of my money and attracting great opportunities to me. And then you start to look around and you start to see possibilities. You start to see that you can open up a lemon stand or that you can work night shift or you say yes to, um, to overtime. Your mind starts to look for those resources. And that is the power of your identity. Wow, that's incredible. So I usually talk about the mindset of possibility. And um, yeah, I had an experience in my life. Maybe it's helpful if I share it with the listeners. So, you know, I was working as a sales support engineer when I started my professional career as an engineer and architect. And I remember that we needed to support the sales activities in the company. And one of my colleagues told me that you know, Tibor, you're not that, you're not good at sales, right? Because I was this kind guy, you know, generous person, I guess. And he told me because he had a perception of how a salesperson should behave or be like. And he told me that I am not that guy, right? So it stayed with me for a long time that I'm not good at sales then, right? Yes. But I had my own beliefs about how a salesperson should behave. So one of my thoughts about being a good salesperson is, you know, uh, being of service, providing value to the customers, um, fostering good connections. And I thought I was good at that, right? So in that sense, I can be good at sales. But I remember that that statement stayed with me. It was about six years ago, right? So that could be an example if people are wondering, right? That's a really good example, of, you know, I call them suggestions. People make these suggestions that you're not a good salesperson or that <laughs> yeah. you're not a funny person or that you're not attractive or whatever, right? They make these suggestions. Yeah. Often they don't know better or they, they want to feel better about themselves. They might say something, if you just want to see some bad parenting, just go to a major mall in the United States and watch People talk to their children and yank them and push them and quiet, sit down, don't move. Mommy's tired. I told you, don't move. I mean, the child, the three years old, tell the child not to move. That's, that's it. The child is going to move. And if it doesn't move, it's going to completely have to disrupt its op major operating system in order to override it. And it's going to feel a lot of discomfort. So we are we are trying to find our way amongst programmers that have no clue what they're doing so most yeah. of the the suggestions you were given most of them unless you had a great person don't involve people seeing you at your highest self what is up mindset nation i hope you guys are enjoying today's episode and we're gonna get back to this conversation very soon after thanking to our sponsors as a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and changemaker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. So if you are ready to start your own podcast, build credibility and scale your impact and business, I have good news for you. 
I launch a 12-week group coaching program every single month with four people where I teach how to start your own epic podcast from scratch, build credibility, and scale your online presence and business. In order for you to see that podcasting is something that you want to start, I provide a 30-minute free discovery call where we can see if podcasting is something that can help you scale your brand and business. You can book a free discovery call with me at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. Or simply shoot me an email at tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. That's T-I-B-O-R, tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's get back to today's mindset transforming conversation. They just don't. People are not looking at you and going, you know what? You could be the next Tiger Woods. I, I see the flexibility. It looks like you got a, a great hunger and work ethic. And, and it's very rare. People walk up to people and, and say, I see you at your best. So most of the time we get labels of, of us not at our best. And then we just think that's who we are because we don't know any better, especially until the age of seven. Oh, mm. mom, mom and dad said I'm shy. Now I got to figure out what shy is. Oh, shy is I don't talk very much. Okay, guess I won't talk very much. But people aren't shy. People are afraid of failing. So they use it, the, 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 the title of shy, instead mm. to hide the limiting behavior of not wanting to make a mistake. Or maybe they were embarrassed. Maybe their parents laughed. Maybe their brothers and sisters laughed at them when they tried to tell a joke or something. And shy became a convenient harbor to avoid being laughed at again. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you also talk about connected to identity, inner narrative, or self-talk. And, you know, is it something that reinforces the identity? So let's say I, you know, had this uh, friend who told me this, and I'm, and I keep repeating this statement in my mind, and this becomes my identity. So what are some of the ways, you know, we can start to redefine this identity or inner narrative? How can people, you know, just start working on that? Yeah. So the interesting thing is that I ask people sometimes at a seminar, how many of you have a voice in your head? And they raise their hand. I go, how many of you have more than one voice? <laughs> and they're like, raise their hand. <laughs> and it's that conversation we have in our mind that is the one thing that we can choose. So imagine you're the director, writer, um, editor, producer of a movie. And that's ultimately your life is you look out and you go, you know, how, how do I want my life to go? Do I want it to be a drama, a horror, a comedy? And then <laughs> it's up to you to write the script. If your script includes lots of swear words and, and rapping and, and pants half down your ass, and if that's the vision you have for your life, well, that's probably going to be the narrative that goes with it. Or mm. you can have a narrative of, you know, saying things like, I feel really blessed, I'm excited about my life, I feel really grateful, even though we're going through these difficult times, that I have an opportunity to step up and be strong and take care of my body and be around people I love. Like you can change the script and the inner narrative is just a piece that goes with that. And again, it's just about doing it consciously. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's amazing. So, you know, one thing came to my mind from this conversation uh, is confidence, right? So somebody might be a little bit insecure about these beliefs or because of these beliefs and identity that they have developed. So 
do you talk about confidence and is it connected to identity? Because I was always wondering and wanted to dive deeper into this topic. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a really good question because I think confidence really determines how you're going to show up. And a lot of people struggle with low confidence. And I think there's two types of confidence. So number one is when you're competent. If you're a really good musician and somebody says, hey, you want to jump on stage and play, you'll say yes. Simplistically, if you, you know, mm -hmm. know how to tie your shoes and I say, can you tie your shoes and show everybody in the room, you'll probably feel confident, right? Yeah. You've done it thousands of times. And it can be for, you know, Michael Jordan with the basketball in the dying three seconds. He wants the ball. He's confident. He knows he won't make them all, but he wants the juice of having the challenge to make it feel fully alive. Mm -hmm. The other confidence is the confidence of knowing that you're going to figure things out. And that's one of the th ones I teach is say yes and figure it out later. When I bought my real estate company, I had, you know, three children under the age of four. I had just moved into a house. I had to sell the house, sell one car, move into a rental, and deed over $200,000 worth of future sales coming in and put everything on the line, mm. hoping that I could, be, could take over this business without the experience and still having to take a course in French and figure it out. But I have a high level of confidence when it comes to figuring things out. Mm. And I think that's the more important confidence. Put a man into a different arena, an arena that he's never played in, I become a very passionate student and therefore believe I can learn very quickly, at least the fundamentals, and never be the worst person in the field, on the field, in the business, or not even average, but above average in a very short period of time because of all the things that I look for, seek, my work habit, my curiosity, the questions, the accessing courage. And I think that that's the confidence that you want to build upon. You will find a way. And did you build this uh, confidence throughout the year? So when you said the second one, figuring things out, is it something that is developed uh, with years, right? This feeling of certainty about yourself that you are capable of figuring things out, right? So, Well, I think, again, it's, it's, um, it's evidence, right? So yeah, I was in yeah. Southeast Asia, my, I lost all my traveler's checks. I asked my dad to send me some money. He hung up on me, said, you got yourself there. You can get yourself home. I had 20 bucks in my pocket, mm. freaking out, 21 or 22 years old. And I ended up applying for a job as a model. I thought I was still pizza face and ugly, but the necessity drove me that way. I got a job. And the evidence started to build a little bit that maybe I'm not that ugly. Maybe I, if somebody's going to pay me money to take pictures of me, yeah, then maybe I'm not as ugly as I think I am. So it's all about developing the evidence. And growing, growing up on a farm, I had tons of times when I went to my dad and I said, Dad, the pipes froze. I can't get the water to the horses. He goes, figure it out. I'm like, but the, the, the pipes are frozen. He goes, what are other ways? And I go, well, I could get some buckets and carry them. He goes, good idea. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but it's really far. He goes, it yeah. doesn't matter. It needs to be done. So I learned that, you know, when you didn't have the hammer, you could use a rock. When you didn't have the right shovel, you could use a pickaxe. You just started to find a way to make it work. And those references taught me that even when it doesn't look like there's a way, mm. 
you, you're locked out of your hotel room is a stupid example. And then you ask the cleaning lady and she goes, I'm sorry, I need ID. And you go, I don't have any. But when you're able to influence and build rapport and you'll be able to explain things, I've gotten into many a hotel room, my own hotel room that way because I paid attention and I realized what didn't work with people when I forgot the key and I realized what worked. And then you start to get the evidence that you'll always find a way. So you got to be willing to fail though. That's the big one, right? Is you got to be willing to not have it work and not lose your enthusiasm along the way. And most Mm. people aren't because they remember they're shuffling the deck of negativity to the top and they go, Oh, uh, don't do that. Don't do that. You got embarrassed. You got, you got, you know, people laughed at you, people shamed you, et cetera. Mm. But when you're committed to the outcome, those are necessary ingredients to get you to greatness. And all winners are willing to do that. They're willing to go through the pain to get to the glory. Wow, this is so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. So inspiring. And, you know, uh, curiosity came to my mind again. So I, when I sit down with someone like you, I'm always asking myself, so what am I curious about this person or the topic or whatever it is? So I'm always trying to spark this curiosity, right? Because this is what motivates or inspires me. So throughout the years, Rock, so how did you how did you keep up curiosity, sparked it? Because it's I think it's a huge drive. Yeah, me too. It's one of the my pillars of success. And I believe that curiosity keeps you young. And I mm. and I want to stay young and alive and open, not bitter and and jaded. So yeah. That's one compelling reason for me. Number two is I grew up with my father. My father is all behind a lot of things. My mom was a powerful force too. My father said he never wanted to look at my report card. He says, I don't care what your score is because score is temporary. He goes, what is lasting is what you learn and withdraw rapidly after you learn it and practice it. Mm-hmm. And I never forgot that because my focus changed to, okay, I just learned the times tables. Now I'm out building this building. And instead of taking the measuring tape um, and and looking at the number of feet, I'm going to divide it by 12 and I'm going to figure it out and practice my times tables. So I was always in this mode of application of information. And therefore, I became really curious. And when I understood what my motive was, something interesting is, You can be significant by being the best football player, the best student, or the best lover, what have you. And anytime I found that I couldn't win by being the most significant, I defaulted to become the most curious student. Wow. Yeah. So I would would say I was playing football and I was running after the quarterback and I just couldn't get him. He was just too fast. Mm -hmm. I might be a quarter way through the game and there was a water break and I'll go up to him and I'll go, dude, you're the hardest guy I've ever tried to catch. Like, I'm really good at what I do, and I can't catch you. How is that possible? What makes you so good? And you'd be amazed. People will tell you right then and there because they, they, people don't behave that way. They, they don't go up and admire somebody else. So I would admire my competitors, admire people that were better than me, get really curious, and it made me feel totally alive and excited because I was either winning or I was learning. And in both those cases, I was winning. And that's what has kept my curiosity fueled, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love this concept. And um, I love nurturing this 
think curiosity or developing, cultivating, however we want to call it, because this should be my drive for the future. And uh, it is. And, you know, I, I just wanted to ask you in general, maybe we haven't tapped into those topics, but Mindset Horizon is about really unleashing human potential and helping people cultivate this mindset of possibility. So uh, based on your experiences, what are some of the things that hold people back from, you know, stepping into the greatness? We talked about beliefs, limiting beliefs can be one. What are some of your experiences with this? You know, the ability to visualize what you want and not what you don't want seems to be one of the skills that is vastly underused. And I'll explain that a little bit because a lot of people use their visualization skills to worry. So if yes. you talk about this pandemic we're going through uh, and, and, and 9-11 or any of these things, a lot of times people will focus on, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to get quarantined. I don't want to be without toilet paper. I don't want this. And they focus on what they don't want and what you focus mm. on, you feel, and then you're going to feel stressed and worried and doubtful. Instead, mm. I keep on telling myself, you know, it's through times like this that massive amounts of wealth are created. It's times like this that creativity leads to solutions that leads to new companies and organizations that make a difference on the planet. What should I be focusing on? What's the need I can fulfill? What are my skills right now that it can be utilized? So... I think it's really the, the, the part that holds people back, we say, is the lack of action. But before mm -hmm. that, it's the lack of ability to associate emotionally with a vision that you want to create for your life. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Absolutely. And I just wanted to dive a little bit deeper there, given the fact that we have this crisis right now. So what would you tell those people who are in this survival mode or fearful state or they worry or they are anxious about the situation so how should they think about or go about this situation well i try not to tell anybody how to think but what i do tell them is yeah. is i ask them questions so i go well currently with the response you're choosing right now in, in this is 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 that something that you know you feel good about or you're excited about or would you be open to maybe looking at it a bit differently Mm -hmm. I go, usually they're like, well, what do you mean? I go, well, well, what if this was happening for you and that there was something magical that was going to come from it? It's not like, oh my God, I don't know when I'm going to go back to work. I can't see my brother. I have to cancel that trip. What if this was all something that was going to be positive for you? Maybe mother nature is pissed and she's mm -hmm. like, you guys need to stop looking at screens so much and go out for walks and be with, you know, play hopscotch on the, on the road and do some cool stuff that we used to do. Maybe yeah, that's, yeah an opportunity right now if you're willing to look at that versus what you don't have, look at what is upcoming and what could be great from this. And coach people through that because a lot of people don't have that skill to ask themselves a better question. It's mm -hmm. one of the things I learned is that, you know, where your attention goes, energy flows and results show, but attention is guided by questions. So if I ask myself, what's awesome about this? Some people might go, you're insensitive, but I could also say that, there's a lot less pollution going out in the world right now, mm. right? Yeah. In Venice, for the first time, apparently the water's clear. Um, in China, there's no huge smog clouds above it. So are there great things that are happening because of this? Absolutely. Your choose choice to focus on them is what will determine how you feel and how you feel will determine whether you take action. And whether you take action will determine whether you get the results that you say you want. Because at the end of the day, 
we are meant to grow, which means we need to be at some point in time doing something. You can't meditate 24 hours a day um, yeah. for the rest of your life. You can do it for part of your time, but then there's this action component. Get in the arena of freaking life, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned questions. Questions are the answers and asking bigger, better, bolder questions or maybe just bigger, better questions. That's, that's, that's really important. And I want to make sure that we talk about your current business focuses, activities, and services. And so would you talk to us a little bit about what you do? Uh, where can people find you, learn more about what you do, and all these details? So, I, I mean, basically what I do is I have a school for entrepreneurs. And I help people navigate through a world that is leaning a little bit more and more toward the entrepreneurial lifestyle Jobs are, especially now, more remote, et cetera, and you're better to be probably an independent contractor. But there's a skill set that's required in order for you to run your own business or to start a small business or to write a book or to stay in shape or working at home. So I've kind of developed these guardrails of success, mm. and I teach them to people on a virtual platform so that they can learn from the comfort of their own home at more or less a pace that they want. And that they do it within a community if they want to. That allows them to access leverage. The reason communities work so well is that people don't want to be left out. They want to be left behind and they want to make a difference. So when they're part of a group, whether it be, you know, your round robin tennis group or a chess club or on a football team or in the military, they have this sense of belonging. And that's so powerful as a human. They don't want to be kicked out of there or feel like they haven't contributed which pushes them to get up and make their bed early in the morning in the military, shine their shoes and do push-ups. But when they go home, they stop doing that because they don't yeah. have the leverage of the community. So I created communities that activate this component of leverage, which allows people to find a part of themselves that most people never get. And that's why I've helped 55 people become whole life millionaires and start multiple businesses and improve their health and, wow. um, and really just level up in a way that they sense they want, but they just haven't figured out how to put it all together. That's amazing. And I know that you talk about ecosystems, which is basically the people that you surround yourself with. So that's huge. And I, I really love this concept of communities. And so where can people learn more about these available services, masterminds? Yeah, just rockthomas.com, my website. You can go there. For my mastermind specifically, you can go to gom1.com, gom1.com, and you'll fill out a little application. You'll get a discovery call, and we'll see if there's a fit for you somewhere in our system. And, you know, it's really about do you want to be surrounded by people that are high-minded in conversation and that are like the top 3% of the planet? And yeah. They're about solution and results and encouraging and challenging each other. Or do you want to be in the cesspool of mediocrity of people that blame, criticize, complain, and are human shit magnets? So you just have to choose. And that's just, you know, a process of life is finding the best people you can spend your time with. Probably one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Be intentional with the people you spend time with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rock, I couldn't agree more. So you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So uh, you really need to be very conscious about that. And so before I lost, uh, I asked my last question, 
I always ask for book recommendations for the listeners. So if you could, you know, recommend books to the listeners that transformed your life to some extent, uh, besides your own books, what would those be? You know, I think that we live in a society where a lot people experience a lot of anxiety and stress because they're trying to control the outside world, make it the way they want. And when it doesn't match, they feel stressed. So a book by Dr. Hawking's called Letting Go, I think is really useful because it reminds us to resist less and to utilize what's around us. So I would say for that conversation, that would be my number one recommendation. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And my last question is, so what is your vision? Where are you heading, Rock? Uh, how do you see yourself in the future? Well, personally, I'm very uh, curious and jazzed about what's going on in the world right now. I think there's going to be some huge opportunity that's going to come out of it. So I'm mm. focused on, A, taking care of myself and staying healthy and strong and my rituals and routines around the house. Mm. B, being there for my immediate family and making sure that they're safe and they have what they need. And then, yeah. you know, I'm, we're reaching out to our team, our staff. Uh, you know, we haven't, we haven't cut any positions. We just continue to do what do. We believe this is going to be something that we need to stay together on and push through. And we're doing some spring cleaning. We're doing things that, you know, we didn't get to that can be done clean yeah. out a drawer and upgrade your computer and do things. We're still, <laughs> yeah. we're still operating business, but we're also taking consciously a couple hours a day to do all the things we put off and all the things that might pop up once we get back at it that won't be in the way and we'll be, we'll be ready to fire on all cylinders when things get back to normal. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully things get back to normal very soon. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, uh, Rock. It's been a pleasure. Hey, it's been really great hanging out with you and chit-chatting and I, and I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Mindset Horizon podcast. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, be sure to head to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, where you'll also have the ability to join the Mindset Nation community for more insight and empowerment to help you reach your full potential. That's all available exclusively on MindsetHorizon.com.